This is Faith Revisited. Welcome to the podcast. On Faith Revisited, we'll talk about our own church as we're constantly trying to adapt to an ever-changing world as a downtown historic church. We'll talk about United Methodist Matters as our denomination faces an exciting and uncertain future. We'll explore church leadership in the 21st century. And we'll talk to different faith leaders about their perspectives of religion today, how we can be more authentic, stop alienating people, and how faith is more important than ever to connect us to God and each other. Hey, maybe we'll touch on a topic that speaks to exactly where you are in your faith. We won't know until we try, right? Let's do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Faith Revisited podcast. Today, I'm joined by Greg Monk, He's the executive pastor at Crossline Community Church in Southern California, a military veteran, and he has just added author to his resume with a book that came out this week called The Guide, Survival, Warfighting, and Peacemaking. It's an autobiographical look at his life from unstable childhood to fighting in the Gulf War, battling PTSD, and how finding God created a new purpose and life for him. We talk about the book and also the story he's hoping to write with his foundation in combating veteran suicide. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Greg, and we'll jump right into who he is and his background. Uh, What an incredible journey I've been on. And I uh, grew up in a very crazy uh, environment um, when I was younger. Uh, It was complete chaos. My dad was an alcoholic, cocaine, uh, cocaine addict, heroin addict, just he's his addiction kept on progressing and as he progressed his drunk drivings increased his times in jail increased and uh there was just total chaos in my house uh during that time the first time i did cocaine was with my dad when i was in seventh grade um the first person i ever really fought with to not drive drunk was my father the first time i had a shotgun pointed at my head which is a weird thing to say uh, was when I was uh, 11 years old, my dad stole a Porsche from his drug addicted uh, or his his, uh, his drug dealing friend. And uh, we had people at the house to protect us. And I got up to go to the bathroom and uh, I scared the guy, woke up the guy that was at the house and cocked shotgun to the head. And I, I pee myself and yeah, it was, it, it was traumatic to say the mm-hmm. least. And, um, and then, uh, during that journey, um, when my dad went to jail, my mom moved back east to Ohio, I uh, really had no place to go, like an officer and a gentleman. I've got no place to, house to go. <laughs> I, joined the, I joined the Marine Corps and um, really uh, just really loved it. I loved the Marine Corps. And I played football in high school and, and all that. And I just was a pretty tough kid just because of my upbringing. Yeah. And so I, I just really love structure. I, mm-hmm. I came from such unstructure. I really love the structure. And uh, honestly, they're going to, they were going to have three square meals a day where I know it, where I know where it's coming from yeah. and a, a pot. It, I can't yeah. tell you how motivating it is as someone who, whose prospects are, were unclear at the time. Mm-hmm. So I joined the Marine Corps and I went to boot camp and experienced that. And, um, and then right in the middle of that, the Gulf War happened. Uh, Iraq invaded Kuwait, and that was the first Gulf War uh, way back when, and so in 1990. And 
then I was, I just met the love of my life at, at the time. And I was just so just frustrated. And I, and I didn't grow up in a Christian home and had none of, none of that. And, um, I started really contemplating, okay, what happens when you die? Yeah. I started really asking the question, okay, I'm going to go to combat and I might not come home and what happens. And so I asked those questions and then my, my girlfriend at the time, Kimberly, who's my, now my wife, she went uh, to a, a Bible study uh, here. It's, it's actually Greg Laurie. Uh, oh, yeah. At Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, the yeah. whole Jesus Revolution movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a Monday night Bible study. And she went and recommitted her life and comes back. And she's like, we can't have sex anymore. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking? I grew up, you know, I was totally like, it's just a, a different a world. Boy. Yeah. I was a total lost boy, man, just uh, raised by wolves. And, and so... And then uh, the, the Gulf War started, and then I was going to go. And then my brother Rob got saved through a crazy experience. And then he invited me to go. And so I went. I went for five nights. And um, I I went, and uh, it was a five-night event. I went every night. Every night I was battling. Just like mm-hmm. the, I was just getting pounded by the Holy Spirit. Like I, God was just like convicting me. And, just, and I had every excuse. You know, one night it was, you know, Oh, you, it, one, it was my pride. The other night it was, um, you know, my, my own sin. Like I'm not good enough, you know, mm-hmm. how can God forgive me? And just every night it was just a battle. Then the last night I just surrendered to the Lord. Mm-hmm. That was August, uh, of 1990, right before I left for the Gulf war in December. And then I went through the Gulf war that's a whole story. And, and just experience. I was combat promoted in the Gulf war, came back and, um, just started to, get involved. Uh, so the guy who did our marriage counseling said, Hey, Greg, why don't you come be a counselor at camp? And I'm like, dude, there's no way I'll cuss at the kids. And I was, yeah. a, even I was a, a Christian, I was so new and so yeah. raw. And I read, I read the whole new Testament over towards the Gulf war and coming back. Mm-hmm. And then, but then that just kind of opened the door. And then I was a counselor. Uh, and then, um, the next year kids started calling me back and, that just grew. I was a counselor again. Then I did fun time. Then I did athletics. Then I spoke. Mm-hmm. Then I became the director of the camp. And then I started going to Bible college. And then I was, I got out of the Marine Corps and started working at a company called QLogic and Semiconductors. Did really well. Mm-hmm. And then made a decision to go in full-time ministry in 01. Someone asked me to, uh, to come on full-time ministry. And I left an incredible job and mm-hmm. went into full-time ministry. So to answer your question, yeah. uh, I been telling stories of my life um, mm-hmm. in ministry. When I got, when I started in youth ministry, I've been telling these stories just, and a lot of times, to be honest, it, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I, I did what a lot of guys did. I, I, I went, I kind of went alone. I was the, I got out of the Marine Corps and I didn't look back. I got out of the Marine Corps and I didn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. I got out of the Marine Corps and I avoided, and I'm not an avoider in anything in my life. But in that, I totally avoided. I totally yeah. just, I didn't, I didn't want to lean into it. I didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a tattoo. I didn't have a sticker on my car. Yeah. I, no one even knew I was a Marine or was mm-hmm. in the Marines. And, and uh, I had Kimberly, which uh, she was a rock for me. And then I had this new faith. And yeah. thank God for that. Because if I didn't have that, I, I didn't go back to the VA for 16 years. And so anyway, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah. I... I started telling these stories and Mm -hmm. some were really powerful. And I really, I talked about a lot of stories leading up to combat and coming home from combat, but not too much about combat. Mm -hmm. Even still, it's hard for me to talk about those things. Um, 
but I was telling those stories and then uh, I would tell them about retreats or when I spoke or when I was hosting. And then especially here at Crossline these past 18 years, I, you know, I get up to speak to like story, story, <laughs> story. It's like become this thing. Yeah. So in 2020, I just started to start writing all these stories down. I, I, all the stories I've been telling over the years, I, I listed them and added a bunch mm -hmm. that I haven't told that because they're more personal or more yeah. hardcore. And I just started typing out the stories in 2020. And okay. then I, I got an editor in 2021. End of 2021, I decided, hey, let me try to get a, a, a literary agent. Mm -hmm. And I tried, I got one. And then let's try to get it published. And I did. And I got a, a small publisher, Core Publishing, to publish the book. And, and it's that's coming awesome. out in May 9th. So that, that's, that's, that's a long answer yeah. to it's a small well, question. But you have such a unique journey. And I think a lot of people can relate. Like there are so many not even just certain pieces of your life, but as a whole, you know, whether they connect with one part or another, um, they're just so many relational things and you've been through it all. So you yeah. have the firsthand experience. That's amazing that you were able to write down all of your stories and it's being published. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. So yeah. you mentioned a little bit about you were saved before you left for war. Um, right. How do you think that transformed your experience there because then you say on the back end when you got out of the marine corps you didn't want to connect or remember or be a part of that so what shifted and how did your faith play a role in all of that yeah sure absolutely um well you know when when i said yes to, to jesus you know i surrendered mm -hmm. my life in in that august 1990 it just it was a real profile it was profound and uh it 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 was an absolute tap out, you know, moment for me. And just to, because I was carrying so much anger and so yeah. much, I hated my father, um, at, you know, at the time, you know, he has since, he actually got saved at a prison Bible study and gave his life to Christ. Wow. And, and then we, it took us three years to reconcile our relationship. Mm -hmm. And now he's a totally different person. But, um, it, you know, it just, it was a, uh, it was for at first it was just surrendering that pain surrendering that frustration letting go of that anger and night and, and basically letting saying i'm tired of living for myself mm -hmm. i want to start living for you god and whatever you have for me and that just that shift that perspective going to combat and going to uh and then reading the whole new testament on the way there because i mm -hmm. went over on ship uh to the gulf war and then I, that's okay. the way i came back as well six months and 29 days and so i uh it just, it provided this, this peace that mm -hmm. I never had before. And so it, it the best way and when it started, it was so funny because when I was saying goodbye to Kimberly, I said goodbye, like six different times. It was, yeah. it was horrible. Like, cause mm -hmm. you're saying, Oh my God, I love you. Goodbye. I'll see you there. You know, I'm, I might not ever see you again. Yeah. And you cry. Then I, I, I go to the base and oh, we're not leaving yet. Yeah. And then that happened like six times. It's like, would you leave already? Like, it's like, just yeah. so emotional. I can't keep doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do that. Keep on saying goodbye. It's just like, so anyway, we finally, then we left on, we weren't going to fly out. We we're going to go on ship. So yeah. we left on ship and we we're saying goodbye. And I remember her just that week leading up, just how, just even though um, I had this new faith, I was in anguish because this is the first person that I really, this is my family. Yeah. This is the only thing I really didn't have a close family. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a close family. And so my family were my friends. My family yeah. were people, my, was my girlfriend. That was my life. Mm -hmm. And so I was really just tormented just by like I could you know I'm just so sad 
but yet there was this underlying peace and it really manifests itself when I was sitting on top of the ship, all the Marines and sailors are lined up on the ship and we're getting ready to leave Coronado Bay. Mm-hmm. And, and just that it was, a, it's emotional right there. And then all these boats of veterans are like riding, riding alongside you as you're going out the Harbor. It's so, it's so motivating. Yeah. And I just remember standing there and then looking down at the dock at her and I get, I'm sorry, I get yeah. emotional thinking about it because it's the first time I lay there and there's so, all that anguish and all that stress and pain of leaving, I, I, I just I felt this peace. I for the first time there was a calmness, and I can't explain it. I just to this day I can't even tell you, but I knew I was coming home. Mm-hmm. I had this, this peace in the storm. I had this, 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 this Holy Spirit just comforting, of Greg. I got you. I got mm-hmm. you. And um, and so it really that was uh, one example of how it did. And then just the, just through the whole journey, getting there, then going to combat and just seeing God's hand and just having a different, having, having something to lean on that I never had before. Yeah. And, you know, Christ isn't a, a, a crutch to help you through. I, and that was an attitude I had growing up yeah. and I hate, I made fun of Christians. I was like, got in fights all the time. I, I, I mocked Christians. And then here's this, here's this guy who is, is leaning in, you know, cause I, cause for me it was, Oh, my dad at one time for 30 days, we were going to church. Mm-hmm. And then when I was a little, when I was younger and then he went, he went back to shooting drugs. So for me, that yeah. this bipolar view of God is I cry out to him in my despair, but then, you know, I would mock, mock yeah. him. Or he's not you know, there when I say, need him or when right. I and think I, and I so, need him. Cause I, I saw, Oh, Oh, God's just a, a drug instead of shooting heroin. He's shooting yeah. up God. So I had yeah. this, God is this crutch mentality, but now that shifted when I was in mm-hmm. combat. No, he's not, he's not just a crutch. He's a life support system. Yeah. And I can't imagine going through any of that without him. I really can't. I can't, what, what, what I experienced and what I took in, I just can't imagine not being a believer in that time and having, because yeah. what I, in my, in my mind and what I've seen with my other brothers, it's just destruction. Like yeah. the only thing they have to lean on is, is the world and self and, self-pleasure and drugs and alcohol and the things that the things that break us down and, and hurt us and, and destroy us yeah so anyway that's how that's how your faith really, yeah and so yeah. on the flip side of that coming yes. home from war you said you didn't want anything to do with you didn't want people to right. know does that have something to do with what you experienced while you were in combat yeah i don't you know it's so funny you like i've i can't i've come to learn mm-hmm. that yeah that I, I, because of my upbringing and because of the things that have happened to me, if there, if there's somebody that has hurt me, if there's someone that's done wrong against me, if there's yeah. something I've experienced, I, I, I run away from you or from that, mm-hmm. like a, and like it a was a traumatic habit. experience. Yeah. You were in war, you right. were in combat. And so what happened is, you know, I, if you can do this, like I, I to just looking back and processing all this now here, gosh, all these years later is I over-spiritualized my experience. Like I came back and it was, oh, it's, you know, my family and Jesus, me and Jesus, we got this. And I didn't deal, but there was stuff I did need to deal with. There's stuff Mm -hmm. I needed to talk about. And I didn't, I just buried it. And I, you know, and then I over-spiritualized it. I'm, I'm cool. It's me and God. I have the spirituality. It's okay. We're good to go. Yeah. Yeah, we're good to go. And so that's why I that's why I say I, I I just checked out. And so I'm glad 
I had a healthy, a healthy thing that I landed on. Yeah. But for a lot of guys, they they don't have they don't, you know, God's what is that? They're not they're not they don't view God the way I did. They don't have mm-hmm. that surrender moment. They're still maybe like the old Greg that was making fun of God and like had every reason in their head why not to. Yeah. And but I was I had made that switch, and so it was I just focused on that. But yet, I I had to deal from a health situation from a mental situation, I needed to deal with those things. And so what started to happen is those things started to creep out over the years. Like they would etch out in like, I have five children. So mm-hmm. you can imagine a household of five children. It's cast, but you know, all the kids knew not to, you know, my kids never scream loud. I, mm-hmm. I know it's hard to believe, but because you don't scream loud around dad, you don't slam doors around dad, you know? And yeah. I started to see these reactions to things, these my circumstances, and like, God, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. That, that's not that's not the way I want to be as a father. That's yeah. I don't want to respond that way. You know, and I was I'm like I'm like a big teddy bear, and, mm-hmm. you know, like or Marines is the be- the motto. I could be your I can be your uh, worst enemy or your best friend. You know, yeah. and that's 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 I still I feel that's how I am. I could yeah, but I have a I have such a tender heart and it's for my children and so. I didn't have ego with them. I could apologize to to them and I had a great relationship with them. But, you know, there was this edge to me that would come out and uh, I started noticing it more and I didn't like it. And, mm-hmm. and so that's, um, and I, uh, and I could share just like what, what happened was yeah. there was a guy at my church that was, I call them Joe veterans, you know, like they're, they're like, they're, they're super vets, man. They got the yeah. stickers, the flags, they, you know, yeah. and, and, I, and I'm not even making fun of that. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm stepping into that now in my life and I think it's rad, but he goes, Hey, do you know that? Have you been in the VA? And at that time I hadn't gone, it's, it was uh, 16 years and mm-hmm. I had never went to the VA. I never checked in. I, I got out and I never looked back. And, yeah. And so, um, I never checked in. So he's like, Hey, if you go to the VA and you get a zero disability rating, your kids go to state school for free. And so it was a benefit for my kids that finally motivated me to go to the VA. Yeah. Yeah. And so that started my journey. And that was probably, that was in 08, 09. I can't remember the exact date, but. And so what Um, did you find when you went? Is that, was that kind of opening up to the new, you know, you're on a mission to help combat military suicide and the epidemic. Did you experience PTSD? And it just, I mean, it seemed like things that your kids were always kind of careful with and not doing that. Did you not even realize what effect the war had on you until? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And that, and that, that's the thing that is like my efforts, the guy's soldier foundation just started when I wrote this book that okay. there was a cathartic portion. So I'm, I'm new to this space. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a wealth of pastoral knowledge and God has, has gifted me to talk to men and different things, but mm-hmm. never geared towards vets. So I wasn't a part of the veteran community. Yeah. I, I didn't, I never went to a Memorial day celebration until last year. Wow. Last year was my first time that I ever went to a Memorial celebration. And so mm-hmm. the guy foundation and all that, that started in uh, last year has just is new for me stepping in. So, so when I look back at, um, when I look back at that situation where I finally went to the VA, I, I just, I went because I wanted to try to get this benefit for my kids Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I go there. So I'm, I have no, 
and, and there are though, and I mentioned those things that were kind of these, as I was talking to other Marines, I was noticing that, oh, some of these things are leaking out of me. Mm-hmm. Some of these things are, I'm, I'm leaking these things and yeah. I don't want that. So I knew that there was something, I knew that I had PTSD, but I didn't want to call it that. Yeah. In my mind, saying that, using that word, it was a negative connotation because yep. everyone, everyone's got issues. Of course, if you're in combat, every, every person, mm-hmm. I, I just, I kind of, I, I'm, I, I you didn't want to mark yourself experience. with that. I, yeah. yeah. And but I did, I, I did a lot of vets do. They're like, Oh, I, I'm fine. You know, mm-hmm. I'm everyone, every person that's fought in combat has bad dreams. Everyone yeah. has bad thoughts. Everyone uh, gets triggered mm-hmm. everyone. So I just, I played it off like, Oh, it's no big deal. But then when I went to the VA, I went there and they were, it was so funny because they were testing me for Gulf War syndrome. It's a, a test, a test they do for everybody. It's a blood test. And I was waiting for the results. And I was talking to the nurse and she starts talking to me and she starts asking me questions. And I just think it's this intuitive nurse that's, we're having a conversation. And you know how it is with when you're in, you don't really like to chat with other people about your experiences because yeah. you don't, you don't feel like they can understand what you've gone through. And so yeah. when you're around other combat vets or people that get it, mm-hmm. uh, you, it's, it, it's easier to talk about and there's a common yeah, ground. Sure. They're not going to judge you when you say something crazy or you know, talk about someone you killed or mm-hmm. it's something that you went through. And, and so with this nurse, she had been in the military and she was a, v, a VA nurse now. And I just, she started talking to me. And so as she's talking to me, she's, I'm just, yeah, do you have, uh, you know, do you have bad dreams? Go, yeah, there's this one bad dream I have. And is there things that trigger you? And you're, you know, yeah, there's a smell and the sound. And, um, it, you know, watch Saving Private Ryan and mm-hmm. that bullet sound. It, it, it created this visceral reaction in me I've never had before. Mm-hmm. She's just, she's going down. And I, what I didn't know is she's going down the PTSD list, right? Yeah. But yeah. she didn't ask it like questions. She was just yeah. having a conversation. And I was totally oblivious. Yeah. And then she starts talking through all these things. And then she gets towards the end, you know, and she's like, where you been, honey? You know? Yeah. Kind of, it was it's like been this, 16 uh, years. Yeah. Yeah. It was a like goodwill hunting moment. It was totally like, she mm-hmm. put her hand on my hands, like, where you been? I go, oh, I just been, you know, I just been, you know, raising my family and, yeah. and uh, you know, taking care of them and just you know, charting new course. And then, and then, and then I would say something else and she goes, you know, Oh my gosh, you know, where you been like that. And then, and then I started to get emotional. It was mm-hmm. just, it was crazy. And, um, there was just, I had this moment with her and it was like, Oh my gosh, I have stuff here. Yeah. I have stuff in this area. And so with that, that was the first time. And she's and she, and she didn't say I had PTSD. And then mm-hmm. I, uh, when you go to the VA, uh, for the first time like that, they'll, the American Legion guy will meet with you. Then they'll mark up everything that was ever wrong with you in your record book or you ever experienced to try to get a benefit for you. Yeah. And so um, I can share with you that kind of story, what happened there. Yeah. 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 On, on that, that, cause that's part of that answers to that question as well yeah. of who, what, what changed for me. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, uh, I started going to in Laguna Hills, to see a uh, combat, uh, combat counselor called Dr. Okay. Lopez. And I would see her once a year and, or I would go to, I would go to now the, uh, the clinic and then they would ask me these questions, but it was just asking the PTSD questions. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. All yes, of yes, yes, yes. Yes. And, uh, and then I go, you need to talk to somebody. So I met with Dr. Lopez and I would go one or two times and then not go for the rest of the year. So 
2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. Same thing. Go to my annual. Start. Go to Dr. Lopez for a couple of times. 2013, end of 2012, I go. And Dr. Lopez isn't there anymore. And she was like, okay, well, you need to go talk to another counselor. And so I go talk to another counselor. And she's like, oh, I'm not a, co- a combat counselor. You need to go talk to talk to a combat counselor. And she's looking at my file and like kind of looking over it. And, you know, in those moments, you try to be funny. And so yeah. I, I do. And I'm like, oh, what does Dr. Lopez say? I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, no, but she says you have PTSD. And that was the first time anyone you heard it said, i knew i had it yeah i knew i struggled it but nobody had verbalized that like, yeah or like it sent weird. a it's, diagnosis it's how, yeah it's weird how when you make that because i i mentioned before i had such i felt like it was a negative connotation like mm-hmm. there's something wrong with me if i admit that or say yeah. that and it really kind of threw me off i remember coming back and telling my buddy who i started crossing on church with jp and i'm like hey man they just told me i had ptsd like duh, like duh yeah you yeah know? like of course, but that led me. And then I remember when after that meeting, I went to the, uh, they have a usually at every VA place a liaison for American Legion or some veterans organization that helps you process claims and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, I go to him, I go, Hey, I just, I just found out I have PTSD and because have you filed a claim before? And I said, yeah, they told me once you file and it passed the year, you can't file again. And he's like, Oh, well, that's, that's bull crap, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or that's bull. And, uh, and so just fill out this paperwork and I filled out the paperwork again. Then I went to all my appointments and then I, I, I got 50% disability uh, for PTSD mm-hmm. and that was in 2013. Wow. So, yeah, so that's, that, that's, that's why. That's what yeah. Happened. So yeah. what you, I mean, once you did go to the VA, even though it was for other reasons, you know, you right. got in, you started meeting, you went in for annuals. What do you say to the people who don't want to go and show up and don't want to admit they have help or can't name what they're, you know, going through? Like, how how can we help as family and friends, as pastors, as how can we help people who can't really or don't want to help themselves or can't recognize it? Yeah, um, I think the best thing, uh, the best thing to do honestly, is get him, get that person around other combat veterans. And um, you can make recommendations and you can encourage and all that. But even like, I just think of my story, mm-hmm. you know, here's a guy who's just grounded in Christ. I went to Bible college. I, you know, I'm in full-time ministry. I'm a pastor at a church. I started church. And yet my, you know, my journey didn't happen till 2013. And then mm-hmm. even more so, and then what God's done since then, it's, it's getting around that esprit de corps. It's getting around other veterans because until you're around other veterans, so it just, um, you don't have that. The outlet. That, yeah. The outlet, that familiarity of, mm-hmm. you know, of understanding. Yeah. And it just, I think it really encourages them and encourage, you know, and then I would say, and I would tell my fellow veterans if they're mm-hmm. listening that, you know, do yourself a favor, you know, don't lean in to the pain. Don't run away from it. Don't hide mm-hmm. from it. Step into it. It's not, I understand exactly why you don't want to go, but all those reasons why you don't want to go is exactly why you should. And, mm-hmm. and when you do, it's, you're just gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna bless you and just take small steps. Like I did, you know, you know, check it out, 
take a step in and then, yeah. and then, and then the other part of that is just, um, the, the spiritual component, you yeah. know, you know, there's in processing trauma, you know, it's there, there's studied peer reviewed studies, uh, that show that faith helps, uh, in that journey, that faith mm-hmm. helps in the recovery, um, of processing trauma in PTSD and, uh, traumatic, uh, uh, M- MTBI, uh, uh, traumatic brain injury. Um, mm-hmm. it's just incredible that, that, that there's studies out there and, you know, we don't have to just say, Oh, it's a Christian thing. No, there's, there's, there's studies that say that faith helps. And so yeah. I would say the other piece of it is to lean into, into God, you know, I mean, get involved in a church community, uh, and, and see what God does. Just take mm-hmm. that step. Yeah. yeah. And then on the flip side, cause there are a lot of pastors that listen to this podcast as well. What can a pastor do? Um, or what resources can they link up? What would you recommend for someone if they have someone in their congregation or someone in their sphere of influence that may need some help? Yeah, I would definitely, um, find those combat veterans mm-hmm. or if they not, not even a yeah. combat vet, but veterans, just the veteran yeah. community in your church. And then, um, invite them to do a gathering at least okay. once a month yeah. and, and have them do a gathering once a month, even if it's one or two guys, mm-hmm. and it can be just as simple as there's lots of op- videos online. Um, that's what, um, I have a, I have one coming up here in, in May and I'll show a video of a, a, a guy giving a 20 minute testimony, talking about his combat experiences and how his faith helped him. Mm-hmm. And then we just have a conversation and, um, and it's not to take place of the programs that are in your church. It's the, yeah. it's the have a gathering that esprit de corps I was talking about, and just so vital uh, in in taking down the guard for for veterans. And mm-hmm. so I would really encourage you to do that. And then, of course, the one that we do is here is we have that. Then we have these other. We have men's ministry, women's ministry. Uh, we have community groups. We have we have we have a. a places where they can go here that is a part of our so i'm not taking away from uh the discipleship programs that we have at our church yeah. it's just it's, it's a, like a it's funnel a it really it really helps it really yeah. helps and yeah that's awesome um why don't you talk a little bit more um when's your book coming out if you want to talk about crossline church and what you've built there um where can people find you what can they where can they learn more Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm so excited that uh, this book is coming out. And uh, I just got, uh, someone sent me an email. Uh, the, uh, yeah, that was two days ago and, mm-hmm. and said, hey, I read your book in two settings and, and just, I loved it. And I just want to tell you that I'm going to step into forgiving my father uh, wow. because of you, you inspired me to, to mm-hmm. really forgive my dad. And, uh, and so anyway, it just, that, that is, if there's, I'm happy. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy now. Like yes. if, if that is really the, I really, I wrote the book for my children, my five kids and their children's children. So they, this, the, these stories and all that happened. Um, it's called the guide because I was the guide in Marine Corps boot camp. Okay. And then as I surrendered to God, to God, you know, Jesus, the Lord became the guide of my life. And so yeah. that's the play on the guide. That's why it's called the guide. So uh, throughout the book, there's these guiding thoughts at each chapter. And you know, it's really, I didn't, it's not a Christian book. 
And mm-hmm. it's really, it's a raw book. Uh, the first five chapters are hard. It's, yeah. it's ex- there's some explicit stuff in there and it's just raw and real. It's authentic. And that's, yeah. that's the only way I know to be. That's, yeah. uh, that's how our church is just real and authentic. And, and so the book is real and, it, it, real and authentic, but just as, as I real, real and authentic about my early stories, I'm just as authentic on what God's done in my life and the mm-hmm. journey he's taken me and how I got to uh, start Crossline Church and in full-time ministry. And, and yeah, it's called The Guide, Survival, Warfighting, Peacemaking. And you can go to my website, it's gregmonk.net, or you can just go to ordertheguide.com. And on the publisher there, there's the, uh, you can get the paperback book or you can get the Kindle. And you can also, um, I have an audible version I'm actually doing right now. And it should awesome. be out soon yeah i should have that up up there as well great but yeah you can find all that out through there and it's just been incredible this journey that i i started a church with uh my friend jp jones and he's a senior pastor and i'm the lead pastor it's called crossline community church it's in laguna hills california and it's just an incredible place uh we have a it's church of, i would say three thousand called home Nice. But, you know, in California, I don't know what it's like other places, but people go to church once a month. You know. <laughs> well, I live so, in the South now, so it's yes. a very regimented thing. Regis, so, yeah. uh, we, we get about, I would say, 1,100 to 1,400 on a Sunday nice. with, you know, youth and children and all that. So, yeah, yeah it's a good-sized church, and, and God's really blessed it. I have a great staff. And, and so I'm just, I'm just super just humbled. I really am. And, I'm, and, I, and what I've been saying, I, I live in um, gratitude. I, I do. Mm. I'm, I'm one word that's really defining me lately is content, contentment. And I think that's what everyone looks yeah, for. And I, and I always say that the meaning of life is having a relationship with God. I mean, mm-hmm. that is it. And I cannot imagine going through what I've been through. I can't imagine. I'm so glad that the journey you took me on and, and people ask me, you know, Greg, would you ever change anything of my past? And I go, yeah, I guess there's some things I'd rather not have gone through. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad I went through those things because yeah. it formed who I am. It brought the, you to who the, you even are. The ugly stuff, even the mm-hmm. bad stuff, like it, it made me who I am today. So I, I, I don't know if I would change it. I, yeah. I, I would prefer not to have gone through it. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's it's made me who I am. So anyway, I'm just I'm Absolutely. just really humbled and excited. And for um, if I, I got that one message from that guy that made yeah. my the whole journey worth it. Yeah, so. that's amazing. Well, I hope that people can connect with parts of your story, all of your story, there is hope your life has been a journey and like, look where you are now and what can possibly come is amazing. The work you're doing. So thank you so much for joining us on the faith revisited podcast today. Um, We'll have show notes with everywhere and links to Greg's information and his new book coming out May 9th. So thank you so much for joining us today. 